Okay, you guys ready to learn a little bit today? Okay, grab something you can write on, grab a notebook. We won't be here too long, okay? We should be out of here by three or four, okay? So don't worry, it's all going to be okay. All right, get something you can write on today. Um, get a mobile device, something you want to take notes on. We were starting a brand new series today on prayer. We were starting a brand new series today on prayer, but we, I pushed it back for four weeks. We're going to continue talking about the wisdom of life for four more weeks. And then we're going to build prayer right after Father's Day. How many know that's okay? Is that all right? You see, why are we doing that, Pastor? Because I feel there's things in our life that I want to continue to talk about or for our church that we want to talk about. So one of the things that I've observed, I've observed in pastoring for many years, what I've observed is that people and people of faith and people that don't have faith or exploring their faith, they have good intentions. But what I have found out is that most people that are raised in our culture right have never been taught about the about what i would say life spiritual skills so one of the things that i have found to be vacant in most people's lives is a clear understanding let's just talk about let's just talk about the things that are critical things about money most people in this room weren't raised and had their parents sit down and talk to them strategically about finances how to manage it how to grow it and how to you know how to uh, you know plan for your future how many can say you didn't get that information about some of you, you're in church you still can't tell the truth okay right how many can say you didn't get that information okay thank you all right i didn't get that i love my mom she was so busy working right okay right so let's talk about let's talk about the capacity here's where we are today the capacity to make decisions the capacity to make decisions. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. How do I make not decisions, but godly decisions in my life? Because that is critical. What I have observed in life and with people learning how to do life, it reminds me, come on, we live in a gambling city, so I'm going to leave you something that some of us are, are might be you know, relatable to, to some of us, but I, I've never done it. But you ever, you ever walk through you know, a casino, whatever the case may be, and you see them playing craps? You ever see them playing craps? Okay, right? And, and some of you might have done that last night, but, but I'm talking about today, right? Um, so, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm not sure exactly how it's done, because I've never done it before, but I know that you get a dice and you roll it, and based upon what comes up, determines if you win or lose. That I do know, because I've seen some people frown, I've seen some people like, yeah, right? But based on what they roll, determines what, where they win or lose. What I found out is I found out that's how people make decisions. That's how people live their life. They kind of roll the dice. They kind of just throw it out there. And they hope that, that their number comes up. And so what I have found out over the course of life is that that is not only how we do life, but unless there is a framework, please listen today, unless there is a framework on how you make life decisions, then you will be always relegated to your own intuition. You'll be relegated to your own information. And ladies and gentlemen, please watch. Please watch your pastor. Your intuition is great, but it's not God. Do you hear what I said? I said, your intuition is great, but it's not God. Your conscience is good, but it's not God. God can use your conscience, but can I say this to you? When you are making decisions in your life, you need something bigger than your own intuition. You need something bigger than your own intuition. 
Why is that, why, Pastor? Why is that important? Why are you saying that to me? Because this is what I've been telling you over the last few weeks. You ready for this? Every decision you make opens a season to your life. Most, I'll say, let me, let me kind of pull that back a little bit. Most decisions you make open seasons to your life, right? I'm not talking about the clothes you wear, okay? Because sometimes, how many know we sometimes over-spiritualize things, right? Sometimes we go into the kitchen, we're like, you know, oh, what does Jesus want me to eat today, right? So you're like, oh, I feel Jesus wants me to eat a cheeseburger. No, 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 no. Jesus ain't no eating a cheeseburger, you know. Or you're like, you know, uh, you're like, oh, you know, I don't know. Today's church Sunday. You're like, what dress should I wear today? And you pull out this dress. Jesus is like, I wouldn't even buy that dress. So sometimes we over-spiritualize things a lot, right? So it just doesn't work that way. So we need something greater than our own intuition. Because some decisions you make are not decisions. They open the door to seasons of your life. And what I have kind of wanted us to understand is that a season can last sometimes a lifetime, months, years, months and years. So the wisest thing that we have to do, watch, the the thing that we have to do is my prayer for you and the people that are online and post falls next week, my prayer for you is that this will be the wisest season of your entire life. The wisest season of your entire life. Because some of us in this room have made decisions based on what we think or just feel. And we have, and sometimes emotionally, and sometimes we make the decisions, and when we make those decisions, you have to understand that you become a slave to the choices in your life. I have seen people make relational decisions and they got involved in a relationship and everybody around them was telling them they shouldn't, but they did anyway, and that relationship broke them or cost them time, money, energy. Are you with me? God would rather have you cry on the front end of something being broken up than you have your life destroyed on the back end. And if you're in this room, and you're trying to figure out your relational life, and you're trying to connect with various people, and you're trying to find your mate, or trying to connect with people in your life, and you're not sure how all that works, you need to keep something in mind. Remember this, that when you are out on, and you're trying to connect your life with people, and that, people, that, that person doesn't want to date you or doesn't want to be with you, that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. Why? Say, why, Pastor, why? Let me tell you why. Because rejection is never rejection. Rejection is always God's direction. So no, somebody says no to you, that's not no to you. That's God's yes. God's saying no, that's not, that's not the right person for you. That's not the right season for you. That's not the right time for you. Are you with me? How do you make decisions in your life? And what Proverbs does, Proverbs gives us an incredible example of something that is, that is relatable to you and I, something that is natural that we can get our minds around and connect to it. And the, 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 the example that Solomon gives you and I on how to make right decisions, he gives us and he says this, I want you to look at an ant because an ant knows how to live and make right decisions. Wow, an ant, an ant. This is what he says. He says, go to the ant 
you sluggard. That's not for anybody in this room. That's for the people that back then, okay? Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. And can I just qualify this for you? When he talks about sluggard, that's not personal. That's people who have the ability to do something but don't do something in their life. That's, the ability, that's people that have the capacity to participate in their own breakthrough, but they don't do anything. So he's saying, consider the ant. Look at how they live. Watch what they do. Consider the ways and how they, ants, are wise. It has no commander. In other words, nobody telling it what it should do. Has no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores provisions in the summer and gathers its food at harvest. So what is he saying? He's saying, if you want to make wise decisions in your life, I want you to look at the ant. Why the ant? Listen, because when the ant lives his life, he doesn't look at what is happening in the season. He looks at what he needs to do in that season for the next season. So watch, watch. Listen, this is important. You got to get this. Sometimes we think what is happening in the seasons of our life, hard times, difficult times, struggles, what, what we, sometimes what we get c confused with, is sometimes that's th those struggles and those seasons become who we are instead of us becoming who we need to be. So we become defined by the season, not by the potential that lives inside of us. So what he is saying to you and I is that the season does, does not define the ant. The ant lives above the season, whether it's good or bad, because it knows how to prepare for the next season. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So ants know how to thrive. They know how to thrive. Because they know how to plan. The question I have for you, watch. Regardless of where you find yourself in this season of your life. Regardless of what you're battling in your life today. I pray today that something rises up in your heart. And you say to yourself that I am not going to be defined by what's around me or the struggles in my life, or the season I find myself in, I'm going to look to a better season. I'm going to be the person I know I need to be in this moment right now because I know I'm coming out of this season. And when I come out of the season, I need to be able to move in advance further. Now listen to me. Why, Pastor? Why are you saying this to us? Because if you don't know how to make wise decisions in the seasons that you're in, then you prolong seasons of your life that should be over. And listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. When you prolong that by your decision-making, it no longer becomes a season. It now becomes a cycle. Did you hear what I said? So let me define this clearly for you. Seasons of life, of your life, seasons of your life are defined by God. Cycles are defined by you. You determine whether a season turns into a cycle because a season has a starting point and an ending point. And sometimes you can make decisions in your life where God says, I, I want to bring you out of that season of, of fear. I want to bring you out of that season of this. I want to bring you out of that season of this. And pretty soon, if you make a decision in the middle of that season, that season is no longer a cycle. God says, listen, 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 listen. I want you to end the season of bad decision-making when it comes to relationships. But you keep choosing the same guy. You keep choosing the same girl. It's no longer a season, it's a cycle. 
God says, I want to change the season of the way you handle your money. Because I don't want you looking over your shoulder when you get older. I don't want you like struggling when you, get, when you should be enjoying the, uh, the latter parts of your life. So I wanted to teach you how to manage your money in your 20s and your 30s. And then your 40s. And guys, listen, your 50s. Men, listen, listen to your pastor. 50s is your highest earning potential as a man. That's your highest earning potential. Because you're your 20s, you're, 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 get, you're figuring it out. 30s, right? 50s for a man is his highest earning potential. That's when he needs to be able to understand that what he has needs to be prepared because this is wintertime, but summertime is coming. Or this is summertime, as the aunt says. This is summertime, but wintertime is coming. I got to prepare. So we have to understand. God's like, I, want, I need you to handle your money a certain way because I'm bringing you to a greater season. But if you spend all your money now, then you have nothing for your future. But if we don't make those decisions wisely in that season, the seasons become cycles. God doesn't want that for your life. So God is saying to us, you and I that are in this room, I want you to look at the ant. The ant isn't determined who the ant is, right? The season doesn't make them. They make the season. In other words, the Bible uses language like this. Listen to me. The Bible says things like to you and I that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. Come on, everybody say more than. More. Come on, say more than. More. He doesn't say we're conquerors. He says we're more than conquerors. I'm going to say it to you again. He doesn't say that we're just a conqueror. He says that we're more than conquerors. See, that, that, it's semantics, pastor. It's semantics. What's the difference? No, it's not semantics. It's clarity. It's clarity. It's not semantics. It's clarity. Well, what's the difference? What's the difference? I'll tell you what the difference is. A conqueror is somebody who overcomes something. But more than a conqueror is a person who goes through something and yields the fruit and partakes of the fruit of that season of what they've gone through and they reap the benefits of the season. So God has you in different seasons of your life, but that season cannot just be relegated to you just having a tough time. There has to be a learning. There has to be a growth. There has to be a fruit to it. There has to be an increase to it. There has to be an understanding to it, and you get to taste of the fruit of that area of your life. So you become more than a conqueror. I just didn't overcome, but I came out with something on the other side. I am stronger in my faith. I've got more things happening in my life. I'm smarter relationally. I got more finances in my life. I got breakthrough for my family. I got healing in my body. That's more than a conqueror. And can I say this to you? Can I say this to you? That's everybody in this room. That's everybody in this room. I want everybody to look at your pastor. That's everybody in this room. I know you may be here today and you may not feel like you're more than a conqueror, but can I say this to you? It doesn't matter what you feel. It only tells you what the Bible is. And if you can connect with what the Bible is and what the truth says about you and you will connect with it, guess what? Then you will rise above where you are today. You are more than a conqueror. You, you, yes, you mean me, Pastor, me, who's always had it, no, who's always had it tough and always had it in my life? Yes, you. You mean me, Pastor, who's always had to fight for every step of the way? You, me? Yes, you. You, you. you mean me, Pastor, that was raised in poverty and now I'm just trying to figure out how to get my life here? Yes, you. You mean me, Pastor, that was, you know, kind of connected to addiction for so many years and now I'm trying to figure out what I do with my, yes, you. You are more than conquer. You are. No. 
no matter what your ledger says in your bank account. No you are. You. You are. You. You are. More than. More. More than. Wow. So we have to make wise decisions in our life. You see, I'm not in control of the seasons of my life, and neither are you. How many have ever been in the season of your life and you're like, I wish this wasn't happening right now. I wish I wasn't had to face this. I wish I wasn't having to go through this. But here you are, you are. See, I'm not in control of the seasons of my life, but I am in control of me. I am in control of me. And some of us in this room have attached your thriving to your season, not who you are in God. Listen to what I just said. You've attached your not thriving to the season, not who you are in God. So if you're in a tough season, a hard season, a season where you feel a certain way about yourself, that has become, in your, that has become your defining factor. And what God says is the season doesn't define you. Who I made you to be defines you. You have to make wise decisions in this season. Amen. Everybody listen to me. You ready? You cannot give your well-being over to things you cannot control. You cannot give your well-being over to things you cannot control. You have to make right decisions in the season. The ant knows that winter is coming. I'm preparing. I am going to do what I need to do no matter what the, what the season is. I'm going to do what's right and make right decisions in that season of my life. Are, are, are you learning? Steps. Decisions in life are steps. Decisions in life are steps. Steps are equivalent. Decisions are equivalent to steps. This is what it says. You can write that down. It's a great thought. Decisions are equivalent to... Watch. Everybody watch your pastor. When I make a decision, it's not just I just made a decision. You literally take a step with your life. When I make this decision, I take a step in that direction. When I make that decision, I, I take a step in this direction. When I make this decision, I take a step. Take a step. So decisions are steps. Psalms 37 says it like this. Psalms 37 says the steps of a good man or the decisions of a good man should be ordered by God. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, watch, though he fall, he will not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him in his hand. Watch, so what we say, this is what we say. We say when I, I'm just living my life and when I fall, when I fall, God's gonna uphold me by mercy. By mercy. But even higher level, when you make right decisions and something comes against you and you fall, God upholds you. That's why integrity is important. How many know integrity is important? You know what the Bible says? You know what Psalm says about integrity? This is what Psalm says about having integrity. God will uphold you in your integrity. So when you live life with integrity and you make decisions out of integrity, although things may not go good, right, or perfect for you, God says don't worry about it because you are integrous. I'm upholding you. 
your life because of your decision making. Decisions are steps, steps, systematic or sequential patterns. Here's what it means, steps, systematic, sequential patterns and movements that get us from one place to another. Steps, decisions, decisions, steps, decisions. God, 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 please help me make wise decisions watch if you're a business owner I'm going to tell you right now you watch news I don't watch it I, I don't not because I'm for it or against it I just don't have time I'm just not a TV guy but not unless there's fighting on okay but watch if you watch the news everybody says we're, we're entering in recession okay Everybody says our economy is entering a recession. And some people say deep recession. Okay, watch. If that's a fact, if that's a fact, just say the economy runs through deep, deep, you know, whatever. In that season of recession, I believe that we're favored by God. And I believe that favor is going to be upon all of our businesses. However, that requires great business planning. And you have to have wisdom to do that. You have to have wisdom to do that. How does that work? I remember when I was with, um, I remember I was with this business owner in, in one of our, in our Coeur d'Alene campus. And um, he owns a company. And uh, we were driving down the road together. And he was coming out of um, the 08 crash. Okay. And he said, Pastor, he says, listen, he says, you know what I learned? You know what I learned coming out of that season of my life? He says, I learned how to count paper clips. I learned how to count paper clips. Well, well, what do you mean? He says, it got so lean, I learned coming out of it that I learned the value of small things that when treated right and saved and treated correctly led me to be able to sustain during the lean times of my life. So what he was saying to me, if 08 happens again, I've made the right decisions so I won't suffer in this area of my life because I made wise decisions. How do you, how do you make decisions in your life? How? Because decisions are steps. And God wants to order them. When he says the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered by God, that's God's invitation to you and I saying, I want to be involved in your decision making because I need your life to go to a certain place. I need your life to go to a certain place. Listen, I don't want, I, God's saying, I don't want you to waste years. I don't want you to waste time, money, energy, pain, emotional capital on wrong decisions. I don't want that. I love you so much. I love you so much. I want to be involved in your decision-making because I need to save you time, energy. So how do we make them? How do we make them? Here's things that we cannot do. Okay? I, I, I want you to move away from doing this, okay? And I'm, I'm encouraging you because I know how it works sometimes. 
I want you to move away from making emotional decisions. Now, some of you say, I know, I know, no, no, really. Really. Because every one of us in this room have a certain temperament. Every one of us in this room are made the way God wants you to be. Every one of you have a certain personality. Some of you, some of you, watch, some of you are thinkers. You're thinkers. So when information comes to you, you think about it. And then you think about it. Right? And if, the, and if it doesn't make sense, then you don't do what doesn't make sense to you. God gave that to you. The converse to that is if you think too much, it leads you to an activity. So you, make, you can become a victim to your own temperament. Watch. There's others of you, right, that don't need information. You just have inspiration. This guy right here. Look, I'm like, look, we're going to Vegas today. How are we going to get there? Doesn't matter. We're going. Well, who's got the money? I don't care. Let's go. Well, we got stuck in Tonopah. Come on, pray. Let's go. We're going to keep going. That's this guy right here. Okay. <laughs> And how many know when that's not figured out, you get stuck in tone up on eating bad food and stuff like that, right? Are you with me? No offense, tone up if you ever watch, okay? <laughs> so God made you a certain way. But what you cannot do is become a victim to your own personality. You have to let your personality serve you, not limit you. Some of you are stubborn. You're just stubborn. But God made you that way. Not to be stubborn in teachable moments, not to be stubborn in the moments where you can grow. God made you stubborn so you wouldn't quit when everybody else did. That's letting your personality serve you instead of you becoming a victim to it. So you mean, Pastor, I'm all right? I thought it was just because I was Irish. No, 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 no. God made you that way. But sometimes we become so victimized to our emotions, we make emotional decisions because we need, because we want, because we feel, we're emotive. There's things that happen on a... On a, on a moment and pretty soon if you don't know how to regulate and how, have, how to involve God in your decisions you're always making emotional decisions here's the problem with making emotional decisions emotions change with information and emotions change with time listen I'm going to say it to you again emotions change with information and emotions change with time how many know, how many know, if you're driving down the road and your car breaks down, if you're overly emotional, your whole life stinks. <laughs> right? And God's like, nah, it's just a flat tire. You know, 
but my car, my mama, my daddy, my daddy's daddy, my boss, it all was gone to nothing. Right? And God's like, it's just a flat, triple A, you got it. Right? So what happens, it bleeds into every part of our life. Every part of our life. And if we don't know how to regulate that, then guess what happens? We make emotional decisions out of that feeling at that moment. And listen, listen, listen. The problem with making emotional decisions, watch, is that when your tire went flat and you're like, now I just got to get a whole new car, right? So here's how it goes. You can be driving down the road. Your tire will go flat. You're like, my whole world is the worst, right? And then you get a phone call from your roommate. Hey, your IRS check just came in. I got the, this is the best day of my life. I love today. I'm a conqueror. Because emotions change with information and with time. You know, you, you know, you're at work and you're having the worst day of your life. Like, I hate this job. I quit. I knew God didn't want me to have that job anyway. I quit my boss. He never appreciates anything I do. You're like, I'm, you're drafting your letter of resignation. I'm out of here, right? You go to sleep and your boss is like, you get an email. Hey, you just want to let you know we really appreciate your heart. Oh, my God. <laughs> need you to move away from emotional decisions. I need you to move away from making permanent decisions in your life in the middle of temporary circumstances. Why? Watch your pastor. Why? Move away from making permanent decisions when your circumstances are temporary. Why? Because if you make a permanent decision in the middle of temporary circumstances, then you're stuck with that permanent decision when the circumstances of your life change. I tell you, man, I'm earning my keep today. You ready? Here we go. Here you go. You ready? Another one. Before you make decisions, this is, we haven't got into the main part yet. Before you ask decisions, here's, here's for some of you. Before you make decisions, ask a lot of questions. Watch. And then have people you love ask you a lot of questions. And if you are stubborn in nature, you will take that as you're being challenged. But you will appreciate it if you get challenged on the front end because you received enough information to make the right decision on the back end. So welcome, good, loving, intended people into your decision-making. That helps you. Are you with me? Okay? Last thing, we're going to transition. You ready? I need you to move away or start making. This is not how you make decisions, but this is just how I want you to posture your life. I want you to make decisions from a place of strength. from a place of strength. Only make decisions from a place of emotional strength, mental strength, and spiritual strength. Do not make decisions when you are depleted. 
Resist that. Resist it. Do not make decisions when you're mentally, emotionally, physically, especially physically and mentally tired. Do not make those decisions. Are you with me? Well, we need a decision. No, you don't. I don't have to decide right now. You don't have to decide. Nope. Let yourself recover. Let yourself recover. Why? Why? Because you need to start making decisions from a place of strength. And most of us have made life decisions from a deficit, and it has cost us time, spirituality, energy, money. Are you glad you came today? Are you learning today? Okay, listen, now here's the best part. So pastor, how do I make right decisions in my life? What is the model? I need a format. Because if I don't know the format, then how can I make the right decisions in my life? And I don't want to be a victim to bad decisions anymore. How many in this room can say you've made some decisions you're like, why in the world did I do that? I think a few, back in the day, I, I was like, man, I, I, I just want something. So I went out and bought it. I'm, I'm just get it. You know why? Here is my rationale. I deserve it. <laughs> That's my rationale. I've never used that one before. I work hard. I work, this, here, here, here is my, right, here's my psychological underpinning, okay? I work hard. Ain't nobody appreciating what I do as much as I know as hard as I'm giving the effort. Ain't nobody seen what I do. Deserve this by God. And I said, I even threw a little spirituality in it. And I think Jesus wants me to have it. So guess what? I went out and got it. And I'm still paying for it. And I don't even use it. Horrible emotional, irrational decision and I'm still serving it. How many ever made one of those? So pastor, teach me how to make the right decisions. I need to know, not according to what you just thought about, but I need to know what the Bible says about it. I need to know what the Bible says how to make right decisions. You ready for this? Next week. Next week. Next week. Next week. We're going to be here again next week. We're going to talk about how to make right decisions. Are you glad you came today? Listen to me. You ready? I want to invite you into this, this thought here. In closing, close falls, everybody online. I want to invite you to this thought. I want to invite you into the thought of having faith in your heart and faith in your life. What that really looks like, what that feels like to you. Because what I have found out is that everybody in the world has a need for something in their life that's bigger than themselves. Something that is bigger than themselves. I think, I think life changes when 
you begin to realize within yourself that this life can't be done by yourself and alone. I think life changes. I know for me, I was raised to not need or feel. My father, we, we weren't allowed to need anything. We weren't allowed to feel anything. We were, we were taught to be desensitized to emotion, to human emotion. We were taught to not have to need anybody or need anything. You were raised to be an independent, highly motivated male. You had to live that way. But that only gets you so far. That has a life shelf to it. Because you're always having to prop yourself up on your own energy. And that's not always sustainable. I found out the greatest miracle that ever happens in anybody's life is the moment that they realize that they need a Savior in their heart. They need a Savior. Because what I have found out in this life is that there are things that happen in this life that are bigger than our capacity to understand them deal with them and then it becomes the issue it becomes the issue of not just needing but also wanting a savior in your So I don't know what your background is in life in church. I was raised in, you know, Catholic, and then, and then I started going to a Christian church when I was 12 years old. And although I was taught some really great stuff, it became overtly oppressive to me. And I had really, 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 really bad church experience. And I promised myself I would never walk into a door of a church ever again. And the only reason I walked into a church is because I met my wife. And I was like, hey. <laughs> she was like, oh. I was like, let's go. And she's like, well, I go to church on Sundays. I'm like, you go where? She's like, I go to church on Sundays. I'm like, ugh. So, I'm like, if I want to be with her, I had to go to church. So I went. I went. That's why I went to church. I wouldn't say because it was spiritual reasons. It was all lust. I'm telling you, it was all lust. And so I went. And so when I came, I experienced, I think, what everybody in the world needs to experience. And that is a need for a Savior in their life. So that might be you in this room today. I don't know. It might be you in this room. And if that is you, I want you to open your heart and create space in your life where you might be able to say to yourself, I need something bigger than myself in my life. I need something bigger than myself in my life. And if you will make that admission, then God will come into your heart and you will learn how to live this life like you've never lived it before. I will promise you that. I can't promise you it'll be perfect because it won't. I can't promise you that it'll be easy because it won't. I will promise you 
that God will always be with you. He will always love you. And he'll give you eternity for the rest of your life. I can't promise you that. How I many that's okay? Are you glad you came today? You've got a hand clap. Awesome. I want you to stand your feet. We're going to pray. Do, do we have to say anything? Okay. I, I, I want to invite you to Alpha tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. I'm doing it with my wife. If you're exploring your faith, you're new to your faith, I tell you, we had 14 people here last Monday night. It was outstanding. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And if that is you, we're here for an hour. That's it. I want you to come be with me. Just come and hang out. Just come and hang out, okay? If you've been a person of faith for many, many years and you're like, nah, I, I know enough about that, well, I want you to bring somebody with you that you know needs, needs help or needs to know more about faith. It's really quite simple. Very easy environment, very easy. Is that okay? All right. Can I pray for you? Listen to what I said about asking God to create space in your heart or for you to create space in your heart for God. Remember that. Remember that. In today's culture, in today's culture, in today's world, you need something bigger than yourself to help you. How many can say that you know deep down inside your heart you need something like that? I can lift my hand, both my hands in there. It's like, man, I need, I need some, I need, need some help in this culture. Okay? My prayer over the next few weeks is that you'll keep coming back and you'll create that space in your heart. You with me? Okay. God, I pray for every life that is in this room today. I pray for our Post Falls campus. I pray for our online campus. I pray for our Reno campus, God. That your grace would touch every life that is here today. God, that you would bring the capacity not only to make wise decisions, but God, that you that we would develop the capacity to open our hearts wide so you can step into the middle of our life. I pray today, God, I pray that who you are would come alive inside of every person that is here. I pray, God, that, you're, that, that who you are would become more real to every person that is here today. I thank you, God, for being so good to us. Thank you, God, for loving us. We give you honor. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.